0: A shadow will A حيّ على الصلاه حيّ على الفلاة حيّ على الفلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Respected elders and dear brothers, Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم saw a dream in which he witnessed himself and a few of his companions entering مكة المكرمة with absolute peace. And he witnessed in the dream that they had performed Umrah. Some of the companions had even shaved their heads. And while others had cut or trimmed the hair and not shaven it off completely. Now Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala teaches, teaches us, or he had said, The dream that a Nabi witnesses is in actual fact divine revelation from Allah. It is a form of wahi. And the Prophet sallallahu sallam, has spoken of wahi or a dream being wahishan from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the moment the sahaba heard of this dream and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would often share his dreams with the sahaba and he would ask them to relate their dreams to him so that he may interpret them. That enthusiasm that had become dormant within them, that enthusiasm that they had to go and make tawaf of baytullah, that flicker of enthusiasm had only increased, and they had all desired now to march with the Prophet to al Mukarramah. With this zeal, with the enthusiasm, the excitement that they are going to perform Umrah and perform Tawaf around the Kaaba, something they had missed. It has been six years. So, on a Monday morning in the sixth year of Hijrah, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam announced to the Sahaba and not only to the Sahaba Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa went to the tribes and the people living in the outlining areas of Madinatun Munawwar and encouraged them all to come out and to march along with him so that they may go and realize this dream so that they may perform Umrah and visit Makkah al-Mukarramah. On the one hand, there was the enthusiasm to perform tawaf of Baytullah, to perform the Umrah, something that they had done very often during the pre-Islamic era, and also it was their homeland. They had relatives in Makkah al-Mukarramah. It was the land that they had lived in, a land that was very much beloved to them, very beloved to the Prophet himself. So, approximately 1,500. According to some, 1,400. According to another narration, approximately 1,500 sahaba. They had gathered around the Prophet ﷺ and they proceeded towards Makkah al-Mukarramah. Nabi Wasallam, he appointed a sahabi of his Numaylah. Numaylah ibn Abdullah. And left him behind in charge of to Munawara. Why are we speaking about this event? What is the significance of the event to our times? Why specifically on this day? Why specifically in this month? This is the month of Dhul Qa'dah. And this glorious golden event known as Hudaybiyah took place in this month of Dhul Qa'dah. So we find in the month of Ramadan, we are accustomed to hear about the event of Badr because Badr took place in the month of Ramadan and it's a month wherein we should speak about Badr and learn about the event of Badr. In the month of al we should study this event of Hudaybiyah because it was, as described in the Qur'an, Fatham Mubeena. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the event of Hudaybiyah and what happened at Hudaybiyah and the experiences of the Sahaba at Hudaybiyah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it as Fatham Mubina. It was a clear, glorious, majestic victory and conquest for the believers. And that's why we're discussing this topic of Hudaybiyah in today's pre khutbah talk because we are in the month of Dhul-Qa'ada. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he travelled, he took with him 70 camels. You know when you perform Umrah, after performing the Umrah or even performing Hajj, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the journey of the hujjaj around the world who have embarked upon the spiritual, physical journey of Hajj. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the opportunity to do the same. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa took along with him these camels, 70 camels, they were to be slaughtered after they had concluded the rites of Umrah. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa reached Dhul If you are traveling from Medina to Munawwara Then we stop at Dhul Huleifa. Generally Outside Well today it's within Medina to Munawwara You stop over there That is where you pray your two rakat salah Some of us put on our ihram there And that is where we make the niyyah That we are performing umrah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Stopped over there And at that point Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa Sent a scout Ahead of the army An informant someone to collect intelligence, to gather intelligence regarding the Quraysh. Because the Prophet sallallahu expected that they will confront the Nabi of Allah. And they will not allow the Prophet sallallahu alaihi to walk into Makkah al-Mukarramah to, to perform the Umrah. Because remember what has happened already to the Quraysh. This is the sixth year of Hijrah. The year before that was the Battle of Khandaq. The year before that, you had the Battle of Uhud. In the second year of Hijrah, you had the Battle of Badr. So, to allowed the Prophet to freely and comfortably enter into makkah Makkatul Mukarramah. So, the Prophet sends his his informant, he sends his scout by the name of Busr. According to one riwayah, his name was Busr bin Sufyan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa continues. He reaches a place known as al-Ashtat. When he comes to Hudyr al-Ashtat, his informant returns. He's come to the Prophet, Where's Hudyr al-Ashtat? Hudyr al-Ashtat is close to Usfan. When you are traveling for Umrah, from Medina to Munawara en route to Makkatul Mukarrama, about a hundred kilometers before Makkatul Mukarrama, there's a little city there, there's a little town, it is known as Usfan. You pass it along uh, along the road. It's on the left-hand side as you are proceeding towards Mecca to Mukarramah. This is about a hundred kilometers before Mecca to Mukarramah. In that region, in that area, there's a place called Hudayr al-Ashtat. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam arrives there. When he gets there, the informant, he scout, Busr radiallahu ta'ala, arrives and he says, O oh, Nabiya of Allah, Khalid ibn al-Walid, who was not a Muslim at the time, he has gathered an army, at Rusfan, they are there, they have gathered, and he says they are armed to the teeth. And Rasulullah ﷺ had absolutely no intention to fight, and that's one of the reasons why he chose to go out in Dhul Because Dhul on the first of Dhul because Dhul no fighting was allowed amongst the Arabs, even during the pre Islamic era they honored this month of the Qadah. they would not fight so the prophet is sending out a clear message to the Quraysh that i'm coming to makkah to mukarramah i do not want to engage in any hostility purely our intention is to visit the kaaba and to perform umrah so he did not carry um arms along with him except the normal weapons that they would carry on a journey but other than that, he was not armed. He was not armed for battle. And here he receives the news. And Sufyan, the informant, he tells the Prophet that, Oh, Nabi of Allah, they are determined to fight you. They are going to fight you. They are not going to allow you to pass usfan the Prophet ﷺ comes up in Mashura. He speaks to certain Sahaba, some of the senior Sahaba, and he says to them, Ashiru, ayyuha Give me your suggestions. What do we do? We are at this critical point. We either proceed, the Prophet ﷺ says we can proceed and fight them. If you want, we can do that with whatever arms we have. We have Allah on our side. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulallah, Kharajta aamidan lihaga albayt, La turidu qatla ahadin wala harb. Oh Nabiya of Allah, think about the intention, what motivated you to come out of Madinatun munawwara Your only intention, you had a pure intention and that was to visit Baytullah and to perform Umrah. Do not be distracted now, Oh Nabiya of Allah, you did not leave Medina Munawwara with the intention of fighting anyone. Proceed towards the Kaaba. Let us keep the Kaaba in front of us. Faman Saddana Yes, if they stop us and they prevent us, then we have no choice but to fight them. So the Prophet ﷺ, he then said to the Sahaba جمعين, that let us proceed. But obviously, they had to choose a different route. Because he had Khalid ibn Walid in the company of 200 mounted soldiers, they were ready to fight. So the Prophet ﷺ he then spoke to the Sahaba and he said to them, "Man rajulun yahruj ala tariqin ghaira tariqihim alatihum biha." Is there anyone here who knows another road that we can take? So the Prophet ﷺ is proceeding towards the south. If you're Nadina to Makkatul Muqarrama is in the south. So he's proceeding towards the south, he gets to Ursfan, Kudair al-Ashpat, and now he needs to take a different route. So this is Sahabi, he says, Only oh, Allah, I do know a different route. We need to proceed towards the right. So now you're heading towards Jeddah. Jeddah is on the right. That's the western part of Makkatun Muqarrama. I do know a route. We can bypass them. So the Prophet allows him to guide. The force, gathering of Qujaj, Mu'tamireen rather, 1,500 of them. Ibn Ishaq, rahimahullah, he says that there was a man, Abdullah bin Abi Bakr, who narrated, he says, He took them through a different path. But there was a reason why no one ever chose to take that path. He says it was a difficult path. It was rocky. It was very, very difficult on the Sahaba. They dressed in ihram. They had very limited provisions. They described it as a blistering, blistering hot day. Here you have the Sahaba. معي, and they are moving through this valley. It was a valley, extremely hot. When they make it through the valley, eventually, with much difficulty, Rasul sallallahu wa turned to the Sahaba. And he said, Oh my sahaba. As you are proceeding towards the valley, say astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah." When he said that to them, that's what they did. They complied. And then the Prophet said to them, You have done something that the people of Musa refused to do. We cannot go into the details before because of the time factor. But Musa alayhi subhanahu wa ta'ala relates it in the Quran, When they came to the city of Jerusalem, they had to enter the city of Jerusalem saying, hitta, hitta, hitta. Musa alayhi salam said to them, What's Hitta? Hitta is the equivalent to our Astaghfirullah. So here the Prophet is telling them as they are with much difficulty, they are crossing this valley. the Prophet is telling them, say Astaghfirullah, 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 immediately they complied. When Musa said to his people, say Hitta, 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 they mocked at Musa What did they say? Hinta, Hinta, Hinta. Sounds very similar, right? But what does this Hinta mean? Instead of saying Hitta, we want forgiveness, They started saying hinta 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 we want grain we want grain we want wheat and that is why we love the sahaba and we cannot tolerate any any ill remark about the sahaba we are all aware of the film that was produced by shia cleric in the uk and the whole objective of that movie is to insult the Sahaba. The Prophet ﷺ said, look at the Sahaba, comparing them to the people of Musa These were my Sahaba. We must defend the Sahaba. You had the incident where Rasulullah was insulted. And this teaches us the event of Hudaybiyah. It teaches us of the intense love that the Sahaba had for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam, and what they were prepared to do for the sake of the Prophet sallallahu wasalam, and what they were prepared to sacrifice for the Nabi of Allah sallallahu and it also teaches us the extent of love Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had for them. Eventually they arrive on the other side and they land up in this place called Hudaybiyah. The event is called Hudaybiyah. Hudaybiyah Hadab. Hadba actually means something that's bent over. In that region, there are trees. Right today, it's not known as Hudaybiyah. It's on the route from Jeddah, but this is the old road. So you won't pass it when you're going from Jeddah to Mecca. You will not pass Hudaybiyah. The old route that would lead you from Jeddah to Mecca to Mukarrama, you'll find it on that route, 24 kilometers away from Makkah to Mukarrama, It's now known as Ash Shumaisi. So, if you want to head out there and visit the place, you'll ask someone to take you to Shumayni, four kilometers uh, away from Makkah to Makkah Rasulullah SAW there. Why is it called Hudaybia? Because there are bent trees in that area, and Allah Subhanahu speaks of one of those trees in the Quran. And we'll come to that time permitting, Insha inshallah And that that tree is a bent-over tree, and so it comes from Hadba. Hadba means to be bent over. And then there was a well next to that tree, and that well came to be known by this name of Hudaybiyah, hence the entire region was then called Hudaybiyah. Now, there are, that took place during the next few days. Now, the challenge with Sirah of the Prophet wasallam, and my brothers, we love the Nabi of Allah, but how can we love a man whom we know nothing about? How can we love a man or claim to love a man whom we know nothing about? When are we going to Study the life of this man, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We are hurt by the insults, the criticisms leveled against him. Unheard. If you even have a flick of iman within your heart, you will not remain silent and allow the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be spoken of and depicted in such a vile and derogatory way. And the same applies to those who defended the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala majma'een. When, you know, very often the initiative has to come from us, or the initiative has to come from the front, when will the initiative come from me as an individual, a group of us, 5, 10, 20, 30 of us, we want to study the seerah and the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then watch how in love, you will fall with the enemy of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reaches Hudaybiyah, the camel on which he was mounted, Qaswa. The camel he had a camel by the name of Qaswa, it removed to it refused to move. It sat down and it just refused to move. And the sahaba tried to encourage it. Hal, hal, they started shouting out. You know, there are certain words that you use to um, to encourage and exhort the animal to move giddy up giddy up perhaps right and so here yeah, they're telling the animal hal 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 move and the animal doesn't want to move and the sahabah said ya rasulullah khala'atil qaswa qaswa has become stubborn this animal has become stubborn it doesn't want to move but rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had said ma khala'atil qaswa وما ذاكلها بخلق ولكن صلى الله عليه وسلم says no I know my animal سبحان الله نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم knew the temperament of his animal today you and I perhaps don't even understand our own temperament Nabi Sallallahu understood the temperament of the animal Nabi Sallallahu says no he, she has not become stubborn and it is not of her character it is not of her nature to become stubborn but the one who prevented the elephant the one who prevented the elephant the elephant of Abraha, the one who stopped the animal of Abraha from entering into makkah al mukarramah that same being has stopped this camel. And this camel will not move because Allah has not wanted to go further than this point. Rasulullah he then camped towards the edge of Arabia. It was a hot, hot, blistering day. Sahaba have no, no provision. They were not prepared for this. They were not expecting this. And they were out of water. And they went to a nearby well. There was a well, as we spoke about, we spoke about the well. And they came and the well was dried. And they complained to the Prophet, Ya Allah, we have we have nothing to drink. And the Prophet took out an arrow from his quiver and he handed it to some sahaba. He says, Go down into the well, plant this into the bottom of the well. And the moment they did that, water started gushing until the entire the entire army drank until they were fully satiated. And now the negotiations started between the Prophet and the people of Quraysh. Now, like we said, there are many events that took place. The exact chronological order we don't know, and that's the challenge with with Sirah, right? You have hundred different narrations and hundred different bits of information from different Sahaba regarding this one event. To put it in chronological order very often becomes a uh, becomes a challenge. So you had the first emissary negotiator who came to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa He was a self-appointed negotiator. He told the Quraysh, listen here, let me go and speak to the man, right? He was a man by the name of Budayl bin Warqah. He was a Khuza'i, and the khuzaa the khuzaa tribe, They were a well-wishing tribe for the Prophet They would at time inform the Prophet of the happenings in Makkah al-Mukarramah and what the Quraysh are planning and so on and so forth. So he was like a neutral, balanced, level-headed negotiator, emissary. But he was self-appointed. And he comes, the Quraysh said, go, go and talk to the man. See what it is that he wants. So he comes and he speaks to the Prophet ﷺ, and he tells the Prophet ﷺ that, look, the Quraysh have amassed a huge force on the outskirts of Hudaybiyah, and they are not going to allow you to enter Makkah-Mukarramah. Rasulullah ﷺ says, Look, إِنَّا لَمَّ نَجِئْ لِقِتَالِ أَحَدٍ وَلَكِنَّا جِئْنَا مُعْتَمِرِينَ Boudail, we have not come here to fight. I have come to perform Umrah, never. Was anyone denied entry into Mecca to perform Umrah? Not even in the pre-Islamic era. This is unheard of. We have come to perform Umrah. We are not yet to fight. Budeen, he understands what the Prophet wishes to convey. He goes back to the people and he says, Listen, leave the man. Allow him to perform Umrah. They are here to do Umrah. Quraysh said, We will never allow him to set foot into Mecca. What will the other Arabs say that Muhammad gained the upper hand over the Quraysh it was a matter of their pride it was a matter of ego they were not prepared the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sent an emissary from his side Khirash radiallahu ta'ala who, he comes into Makkah al-Mukarramah they, they kill the camel he's mounted on and he barely escapes and makes it back to Hudaybiyah. they even send so you have this back and forth emissaries and negotiators uh, between the two between the two forces between the two tribes you have another negotiator and he is called urwa ibn mas'ud now he is, this is a very important figure okay urwa ibn mas'ud who is urwa ibn mas'ud A thaqafi he is a thaqafi who are the thaqafi or who are the banu thaqif he is a thaqafi in fact he is the leader of the thaqafi clan they are the people of taif so here you have the leader of taif the leader of Ta'if and he comes and he speaks to the Prophet and there's so much to say. I just need about another three hours of your time. Really brothers, take our time to study the life of the greatest man, the greatest creation of Allah at a time when they are hurling insults and criticisms against your Nabi, the most beloved of Allah's creation. This should spur you and encourage you to dedicate time towards the study of Rasulullah sallallahu You'll be left with no choice but to fall in love with the beloved of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and you'll fall in love with his Sahaba when you see what they had sacrificed for the sake of the Prophet sallallahu or what ibn Mas'ud comes before the Prophet sallallahu So he's the leader of Taif. And he says, Ya Rasul of Allah, what is it that you want? The Prophet ﷺ said the exact same proposal. Listen, goes to Quraysh. Tell them I'm not here to fight. All we want to do is perform Umrah. Give us three days. We perform Umrah and we'll head back on to Medina. And while he's sitting, or while he's speaking to the Prophet sallam, and he realizes that the Prophet ﷺ is not going to return, he's not going back to Medina to Munawwara without performing Umrah. He then tells the Prophet "O Muhammad, have you ever heard of anyone destroying his own nation? Are you going to destroy your own nation and fight against your own people? No one has ever done this amongst the Arabs. Are you going to do this? And he said, O Nabi of Allah, if the tables were to be turned the other way, I see people around you who have allegiances with their tribes. They're going to prefer their tribes over you. The moment you go at war, and the moment Quraysh gains the upper hand over you, if the tables were turned around, these people are going to leave you, and they're going to run away from you. Abu Bakr, Rajallah, who is Abu Bakr? Rajallah, he's the coolest and calmest, and most level-headed sahabi of the Prophet Wasallam. He's the soft-natured nabi, uh, companion of the Prophet Wasallam. But when he hears the statement, right Urwa says all these people around you they'll launch you they're not going to fight for you he tells him and i cannot translate this right the, the most he insults him in such a way what does he say he says Umsus bi if you understand arabic good and well but he tells him that very very insulting comment Urwa, he hears this and he says who makes this comment and he says it is abu bakr he was shocked Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala, we will stand by the Nabi of Allah. Who are you? Do you think we are going to run away from him? We are going to flee and leave him all by himself? Al-Mughirat ibn shubah he continues speaking to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Now it was customary when two elders would meet one another, then they would hold onto the beard of the next person. Right? Oh, it was customary. It wasn't, his, it wasn't an act of disrespect. So Urwa, as his... Presenting his proposals to the Prophet he holds onto the beard of the Prophet and then he releases the beard. Next to the Prophet you have Al-Mughirat ibn Shu'bah. Who's Al-Mughirat ibn Shu'bah? He's also a Thaqafi. He's not only a Thaqafi. He's not only from the clan of Urwa, the negotiator. But he's the nephew of Urwa. Urwa has a brother. Right? And this is the nephew. He's standing next to the Prophet Or fully covered in armour. So Urwa, the negotiator, can't see who's this man and he has a sword with him. And every time he extends his hand to hold the beard of the Prophet, Al Mughira, the nephew, he takes the sword and he strikes the hand of Urwa. And Urwa withdraws his hand. And then again he extends his hand to hold the beard. And Al Mughira strikes it and harder than the first time. And then he extends his hand and he strikes it for the third time. And uh, he tells his uncle, the uncle doesn't know this is the nephew. He tells him, keep your hand away. Extend it one more time and your hand won't come back to you. What love? Allah Akbar. And he looks at this man and says, who do you think you are? Nabi says, this is al mughirah your nephew. Allahu Akbar. This is your nephew. I'm out of time. There's so much to say. Subhanallah. The lesson for you and I to learn from Hulud with this. Al-Mughira, the, the, the chief negotiator now, right, um, when he goes back to Makkah, he, 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 he hung around for a bit. After he saw it, it reached a stalemate, they couldn't get anywhere with the discussions and so on and so forth. They did eventually um, conclude a treaty and there was a treaty drawn up between them, but he decided to stay and just watch and observe the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. when he went back to the Quraysh what did he say to him the famous statement he says Ay qawm, wallahi laqad ala al-muluk. listen Quraysh you know me i am a very prominent political figure i am the leader of Taif i have stood in the royal courts of persia the romans najashi the persian or the, the the emperor of abyssinia i've stood before all these kings wallahi in ra'aytu malikan qattu yu'abdimuhu ashabuhu ma yu'abdimu ashabu muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wasallam muhammada i have not seen anyone honor love venerate a leader, the way the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi honor the leader. Wallahi intanahma nuhama. He was there, so he watched them performing hudu. He watched them pray. He was observing um everything that was happening over there. He says, "Let me tell you how much they love him. When he spits, they run to grab the spit before he touches the ground, and they rub it all over their bodies." Wa amra. When he instructs, they race and compete with one another to carry out the commandment waitha when he performs wudu they fight with one another to grab the water that falls from his limbs when he speaks they are silent they do not look at him directly out of the awe the love and veneration that they have for him he encourages them to accept the proposal of the Prophet which they reject we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to inspire us through the seal of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to live the life of the Nabi of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to use every opportunity to follow the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to defend the honor of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the beloved companions. Wa ahu al-dawana. Alhamdulillahirobbilalamin.